Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. The title of today's message is, Every Kingdom Has a King. Every Kingdom Has a King. And we've been talking about all year, our theme here this year has been living in the kingdom of God. It's not a geographical place. We've been talking about this. It doesn't have a physical address. It's a place within you where you live your life in peace. Doesn't mean your life is perfect or just like you want it, but you live your life in peace. You live your life in joy. You live your life blessed. You live your life empowered to live your life. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God is peace and joy. The kingdom of God is a great life. When preachers tell you about living in peace and living in joy and living in the kingdom of God, most everybody wants to live there. And as I've thought about it, probably there are a lot of young people that would like to live in our home. A lot of young people would like to live in our home. It's paid for. The lights come on when you flip the switch up. Bed clean, towels clean. My wife is a great cook. She keeps food always in the cabinets. You're not ever going to open the refrigerator in my house and not be anything in there to eat. We've got TVs in about every room. The rooms we don't, she wants to put one in. Got a big screen out in the den. Surround sound. Got recliners, soft furniture. Who would not want to live there? Sign me up. You mean all I got to do after hearing about that is come take your hand and repeat three little sentences? I'm in. Well, well wait, hold on. You, you don't take my hand and repeat three sentences and move into my house and live like you want to live. That's not the way we do it. Not here in my house. Church that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Matthew chapter 7 is very clear. Verse 21 says, in red letters, very clear. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. Don't say, Lord, I repeated the deal at the end of an emotional church service. Verse 23 says, I never knew you. See, many have been misled. And I want you to know, so many have been misled. The kingdom has a king. That's a great place to live, full of peace, full of joy. The, the, but the kingdom has a king, and to live in that house, you'll have to do it like the king wants it done. Now, here's the bottom line. You don't live in the kingdom of God. You don't live in peace, in joy, blessed and do your own thing. Now, absolutely, you're free to do your own thing, just not live here. See, you can live where life is very hard if you want to. You, you can live where life is very unhappy if you want to. You can live confused, you can live no contentment, you can live with no peace, you can live struggling to find yourself. You can live pushing and fighting and, and trying to champion causes that you don't even know what you're championing and just to try to have an agenda and have a place. You can live in constant fear of getting caught. How many in here know all about that? You, you, you've been there. 
I got a t-shirt on that deal. I, I, I was a part of that. Miserable. Just miserable. But there is a kingdom of God. A great place to live. A great place to be. But someone forgot to tell this generation is that kingdom has a king. That kingdom has a king. Now I want you to see this because over the years, countless young people have lived with Terry and I. Countless young people have enjoyed tremendous blessings. Food, electricity, TV, satellite, over 300 channels, soft furniture. It's free to live with us. But here's what I want to tell you. I'm not trying to talk young people into living with us so that I can ruin their life with all my rules. I'm not trying to ruin all these young people's lives, imposing all of my rules on them. I just want to move them into our house and make life no fun for them. In fact, it's just the opposite. For Terry and I, the only reason we've ever let somebody live in our kingdom is to bless them, to help them, to benefit them as they answer the call on their life. Terry and I, through the years, we've seen young people and we admire them. We admire their gifts. We see they're going somewhere. We see they're working hard. They're conscientious. They're trying to live right, trying to do right. And we say, how can we help you? Come move in with us and make life easier for you. Fact is, living with Terry and I takes a lot of worries off of life. Takes a lot of stress out of life. When you move in and live with us, man, a lot of worries are taken care of. You don't worry about the electric bill. You don't worry about the cost of food in the refrigerator. And have you seen the cost of food? It just keeps rising. It keeps rising. If you're living with us, you don't care. Somebody else is handling that. You, you never worry about our TV server going up on the bill. You, you don't worry about the hot water heater. You don't worry about the fact that this last week our heat and the air went out and now it's going to be $8,000. I did think about starting a GoFundMe page. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what you could do instead of GoFundMe, you could just get a job and pay for it yourself. I mean, that is an option. Good grief. Anyway, that's not a part of my sermon. I'm just mad about it. I'll preach through, I'm preaching through the raw $8,000 I owe for heat and air. A lot of people live without any heat and air for years. I don't know why we can't, but anyway. Talk among yourselves while I regroup and get back on my notes. God saw you while you were yet a sinner. He loved you. He sent his son for you and he invites you to come in and live your life in his house. It's free. It's all been done for you. It's peace and joy because you don't have any pressures on your life. The pressures are off of you. But see, someone forgot to tell this generation that that kingdom has a king. There's a king in that kingdom. Today, there is a kingdom that you can live your life in, where you cast your cares on the king, where you don't worry, you don't fret, you toil not. You, in fact, you, you can live in this kingdom you lay down 
in green pastures. You live in this kingdom and your soul is restored. You live in this kingdom and the police are not after you. Boy, there's a lot of worries that are taken care of for you. There's a lot of stress taken off of your life. Because in this kingdom, you don't worry about your future. I'll be here as long as God has for me to be here. I'm not worried about my future. You, young people, you're not worried about who you're going to marry and where you're going to live and what you're going to do. God's got your life in the palm of his hand. So when you're living in that kingdom, there's just a lot of worries in life that you don't have. But you got to know something. You don't get in that kingdom by repeating three sentences and then going and doing your own thing. You don't live in that kingdom and live your life after your carnal, sinful nature. In the horse business as I am, I am constantly studying bloodlines of horses. I study them all the time. I'm constantly reading and studying and upping myself and my knowledge of bloodlines. I study ancestors in the horse business. And I do so because genetics are passed down. I study a horse's pedigree, and I see that this horse is bred to run. Their mother was a running horse. Their father was a running horse. Their parents were running horses. This horse is bred to be tall and lanky and run. I look at another set of papers and I see this bloodline is bred to cow. All of their ancestors are cutting horses, working cow horses, ranch horses. They're bred to go to a cow and they're bred to be short and stocky. Well, what I'm looking for is something kind of short but kind of tall. We'll go to a cow and get there quick. I want one catching a cow lightning fast. Okay, how do I come up with a colt that will do that? Well, I study the genetics. On the top side is running horses. On the bottom side is the cowers. This horse right here has the genetics to do what I want to do. See, genetics are passed down, and that's how you do with animals. It's, it's the same with dogs. Terry and I have got a squirrel dog. You talk about track, smell. This thing sees the squirrel out the window and about tear the wall out of the house just goes crazy when it sees a squirrel. I take him out to the barn and get him around the horse in the county, jumps off the forward and runs back in the house. I've had cow dogs before. They see a squirrel and don't even acknowledge a squirrel is there, but buddy, they will go catch a cow. Now, I mean, it's just in them. See, passed down genetics to do certain things. So it's easy for me to understand this. Maybe it's not for some of our city folks. But it's easy for me to understand Romans 5, 15. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought sin and death. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. See, I understand that. I understand Romans 7. I don't understand myself. I want to do what's right, but I do wrong. I hate doing this, but I go out and do it anyway. See, I get that because you're bred to sin. That's what your breeding is. You're bred to live after the carnal nature, and you're driven to sin. See, the bloodline of a sinner is born to sin, bred to sin, and not the least bit interested in the things of God. When you tell a sinner about your life in church, they look at you real weird. Why don't you go to the lake on Sunday morning? Why do you want to go do that? See, it's not in them. There is no nature in there that can understand what we're talking about. 
I'm not ever offended by a lost sinner using profanity. I'm around it every day. I'm around it all the time. I'm not offended by a lost sinner telling a dirty joke. I'm not offended. That doesn't offend me at all. I'm not offended by a lost sinner smoking dope in my presence. That's what they do. They're bred to do that. They're bred to act like that. They're bred to talk like that. They're bred to follow their father, the devil. A sin nature is passed down and their life is miserable. It's miserable. See, misery is what that life produces. Some of you can wave your hand and say, I've had me a double dose of that. I know what that is all about. We're enslaved by a carnal nature. Paul writes in Romans, I don't understand myself. What is, who's going to free me from this? See, it's sin when a person keeps on doing what they hate to do. I'm not having fun. I hate it. I'm miserable. But yeah, let's go do it again. Let's go do it again. Why? Because you're bred to sin. Here's what I want you to know as parents. We do all we can to give our kids a head start. We got to. You need to teach them the things of God. You need to teach them about life in the kingdom. Want to raise your kids in a Christian school. It's a great benefit to them. It's a great benefit. It's a great head start. But none of that replaces Jesus in their life. And you've got to understand. Well, Tim, I raised them in a Christian church. I raised them in a Christian school. You've got to understand. When Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, I want out. What do I do to live in the kingdom? I want out of this. John chapter 3, Jesus said, you must be a graduate of a Christian school. Some of you got a different translation than that. Some of you don't even know what your translation says. Jesus said, you must be raised in a Christian home. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be raised in children's church. That's not what he said. What did he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. You must be born again because what's in your bloodline will come out. We control them. We teach them. We teach them the things of God. But what's in their bloodline when you turn your back, when they get out of your house, when they get down the road, what's in that bloodline will come out. That's why you've got to be born again. There's got to have a time in your life where you have a nature change. See, to live in the kingdom of God, there has to be a breeding. There has to be a genetic line in you that makes you want to. Before you met Jesus, you wanted to sin. You planned on sin. You got on the phone and you called your friends and you planned where y'all were going to meet to sin. But when you're born again, a new nature comes inside of you, and you don't want to do that again. You don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. When you're born again, a new spirit, as a matter of fact, it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now dwells in you, and you never wanted to go to church before, and now you do. See, there's a new desire. You wanted to drink alcohol, now you don't. You wanted to smoke dope, now I don't even want to do that anymore. See, it's a nature. You've been born again. Why do people do what they do? They're bred to argue. They're bred to fight. They're bred to walk in pride. 
It's in them to be greedy and jealous and envy and covetous. They're bred to entertain themselves by gratifying the lust of the flesh. See, they're bred to do perverted acts. That's what's in them. How do I get out? Nicodemus said, I want out of this. How do I get out? John 3, Jesus said, you must be born again. You will never get someone born to do wrong to do right. Their bloodline will eventually come out. It's what they're bred to do. Absolutely, as good parents, we do all we can do to give our kids a foundation, a kickstart in life. We want our kids to grow up in the knowledge of the Lord. We want them to know God's plan for their life. We want them to have a knowledge of a biblical worldview. But then they will have to come to a point in their life where they are born again. Where they choose Jesus for themselves. Parents can't. Grandparents can't make that decision for them. They have to ask Jesus. And a rebirth takes place in your heart. In the 1920s and 30s, evangelists wanted to be able to mark their success in ministry. And they wanted to be able to count the numbers and be able to prove their success. And so they started having people come down front and take your hand, or they had everybody bow your head, slip a hand up, and slip it right back down. And they had people counting how many hands were slipped up and slipped back down. That wasn't until the 1920s and 30s is when that started. And somehow in that era, with a desire to count a hand going up and down, we missed Romans chapter 6. Well, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Verse 3, have you forgotten when we were joined with Christ Jesus, we joined him in his death? See, we, we, we forgot. Somehow we lost. Verse 5, since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our lives, and now we are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 7, when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Church, this doesn't happen by slipping a hand up and slipping it right back down. That's not what happens. When you're born again, there is a death to your old, old sin nature. There's a death to your old life. We die to that inherited, genetic, passed down sin nature. We die to that, and we are born again. Salvation is not a three-sentence deal. It's a death to an old bloodline. It's a death. It's a death. It was neat that Eric, our stage host, was just up here talking about this. I said, wait, he's going to preach my sermon. Sit down. He didn't slip a hand up and slip it down and nobody saw. He went into his bedroom. He knelt down. said, God, I hate this. I don't want this anymore. I'm done with this. I'm through with this. And God up a new creature. His friend calls, hey, let's go smoke some dope. Not interested. 
not in what happened a genetic change a new nature is now on the inside I got a new seed in me and now I'm living life as a new person I want to be in church I want to be around God's people Eric tells his friend I'm going to church with my grandma what see to an old nature you're doing what But to a new nature, you and I understand that. I want to be around God's people. I want to be around people who are serving the Lord and worshiping God. I want to be around people who are happy and having fun. I want to be around people who are blessed. I want to be, I want a new life. It's a new spirit that lives on the inside of you. Born again, you've had a death and a burial and you are a new creature. Now I got different desires. Now, I want to live in peace. I want to live in joy. I want to live blessed. I want to be around other believers. It's where I want to be. Well, here's what you need to know. Every kingdom has a king. You need to know this. I know you want to be happy. I know you want to be blessed. But there's going to be requirements. There's going to be requirements. And just like Terry and I have a here's how you're going to live if you're going to be in our house meeting. If you're going to live in our house, here's how you're going to live so it is with God. You're born again, you want to live in God's house, here's how that's going to happen. Here is how this works meeting. If you want to start your meeting, turn to Ephesians, or just write this down, we don't have time. Ephesians chapter 5, I want you to read verse 1 through 20. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. That's you a meeting with God about how his kingdom operates. Here's the way we do it here. God's not trying to ruin your life. God's not trying to make your life no fun. Young people, I want you to know it's great living in the kingdom of God, but God's not trying to ruin your life with a bunch of rules. He just knows what it is to live blessed. And many in this generation have been told wrong. Preachers have preached, life is great. You're going to be in peace. You're going to live in joy. You're going to be blessed. He's paid the price. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, slip your hand up, slip it back up. Yeho, you are good to go. You're in. Well, that kind of preaching has misled an entire generation now. And it's produced a generation that is calling themselves Christians because they bowed their head and they did their deal, but no one told them that the kingdom has a king. No one told them there's got to be a death and a burial in your old life. Their life is totally led by the sin nature, and they're calling themselves a Christian because they repeated the deal. Preachers are misleading a generation of people just to build large churches and take up big offerings, and it's tragic. A generation, because of the way they're led to think, we are now seeing they believe that they can live however their sin nature wants to live, however the culture today wants to do it, and it's okay with God. Absolutely God loves you. But if you want to live your life in his kingdom, there's going to be an obedience to his will. Absolutely he does. And today, if it will help you, you can bow your head and slip a hand up right quick if you want to. But here's what I want you to know. If you're going to live your life in the kingdom of God, there is a king and your life will operate. Not 
on how you feel in your heart, not on what this culture accepts, not on how you personally believe. If you're going to live your life blessed and happy, full of joy and full of peace, you will be under the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And today I apologize to this generation that's been led to believe something by preachers that simply is not true. Jesus said, those who do the will of my Father, and there is a lifestyle that he calls on us to live. The question today for this generation, it's not how you feel in your heart. The question is, how does God feel in his heart about this situation or that situation? This year, our theme for our church is all about the kingdom of God, a place to live where your life is blessed where God's hand is on you, where you live daily in His presence. His presence is always with you. Regardless of the fire that you're going through, you look around and God is in the midst of that fire with you. That's what we've been talking about this year. But to live there, first of all, you got to be born again. Because that old sin nature that's been passed down can't even see what we're talking about. First step is to be born again. Second step is you live each and every day of your life seeking first his will, seeking first his kingdom, seeking first his plan for your life. If you've never been born again, maybe you've been in church all of your life, we want to have an altar call. And this doesn't happen by you slipping a hand up right quick. Our altar call is you go home. Somewhere you get by yourself, in your room, out on your porch, walk out in the woods behind your house, and you get a heart-to-heart with God. God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm done with this mess. I'm done with this old life. I hate it. I'm laughing and playing and going to parties, and I hate everything about it. I hate the way my life is going, and right here, right now, I am dying to this. I'm dying to this, and I, right here and right now, I'm burying this old life. I am not going to be that person again. And from now on, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to get therapy about it. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm not going to seek about it. I'm not going to read books about it. I am done with it. I'm done with it, and I bury that old man. I bury what happened to me. I bury what I went through. I bury that life, and I'm fixing to walk out of this room a new person, a new creature in Christ. Old things are passing away, and I am new. That doesn't happen by everybody slipping your hand up. That happens by you getting real with God, you getting right with God, and you laying it all down. I'm done with this mess. I'm living a new creature in Christ. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I invite you to come in and live inside me. And I am done, done, done with this old life. See, the problem with this kind of altar call that I'm giving today is I can't tell all of my friends who had 22 got saved today. Had 17 got saved today. We had 43 got saved today. I can't say that. Because I, I can't say that. But here's what I can say. In two years from now, in two years from now, what we're going to see is some homes changed. Some dads that are a different dad. 
what, we, what we're going to see is some families that are not the same. It'll be a couple of years before I can count the benefits of this great sermon I just preached. But a couple of years, I'll see people's finances coming back around. I'll see depression being lifted off of people and people coming in here happy. I'll see people in church every time the doors open. Not, I never see them again. 22 got saved this week. 17 got saved this week. Five got saved. Boy, y'all must have 100,000 in your church. Here's what we will see. People who were depressed are now happy. People who were unhappy are now full of peace. See, in a couple of years from now, we're going to see people filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is on them. They're serving in our nursery. They're working in this children's church. They're volunteering for that. When the doors are open, they're here giving. See, what happened in our church today? I don't know, but get back with me in two years, and I'll tell you what happened. How was y'all's church today? I don't know, but we'll talk about it in a couple of years. If God moved in people's lives and produced a change. When you get by yourself and you get serious with the Lord, when you die to yourself, from that point forward, you leave that old guy dead and buried, and you live every day of your life seeking first the kingdom of God. You won't believe the peace, the joy, the happiness, the fulfilled life that you can live in the kingdom of God. I want you to remember today, it's not I believe. It's not I think. It's for sure not I feel, and it's sure not the culture today accepts. Just remember, the kingdom that we've been talking about all this year has a king. Y'all stand. I know this isn't a real popular message, and it's not a thriller, but somebody's got to tell the truth. We come to the place where we got to have a death a burial, and a resurrection. If somebody needs to tell the truth, somebody needs to tell this is what God requires because God does have a life full of peace and full of blessings and joy for you to live. Father God, today we honor you. We thank you for the plan of salvation. We thank you for the provision that you have made for us. And today, Lord, we die to that old person, that old line of genetics that's been passed down, a sin nature, we die to that, and Lord, we live anew in you. God, today we recognize you are king, you are Lord, and we bow our knee to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.